Deshaun Watson leaves the, leads the Cleveland Browns into FedEx Field this Sunday to face the Washington Commanders uh, with plenty to play for, possibly on both sides, but especially on the Washington Commanders side as a playoff berth is on the line. Crossover Thursday, we're here to talk about this weekend's matchup right now. You are locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On Commanders and the Locked On Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders and the Cleveland Browns, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I am David Harrison. He is Jeff Lloyd. We cover the Commanders and the Browns for this fine network. And uh, when we're not here, you can find us on Twitter. Find Jeff at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. And find me at dharrison82. Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. No competing with other players, just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than the Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com or the Prize Pick Picks app with the promo code Locked On. Jeff, we uh, have done this already this year, but the last time we did this, it was the <laughs> Buccaneers and the Browns, and uh, the Browns snatched victory out of what looked like could have been potentially if Todd Bowles had been a little bit more aggressive there at the end of regulation, possibly defeats. Uh, David and Joku had some some good words to say following that game. He also had some good words to say before this game, kind of giving out some some bulletin board material. But I doubt that uh, the talented tight end is the biggest thing happening around Cleveland and specifically from my aspects, Deshaun was getting ready to make his return last time we talked. Now he's been back and not only he's been back, but really if you add in the preseason, right, this is like his second regular season week of the, of the season. If you kind of look at the, the, the ramp up to this weekend. Yeah. Um, it was always, and we talked about this a little bit, obviously last time when we did this, you know, uh, you know, as far as, you know, Buccaneers, Browns, it was always going to be the weirdest dynamic of season. Because normally, you know, if you have something where you have two quarterbacks that play this amount of length, normally your starter went down. And then you play your backup for an extended period of time. Obviously, the Browns extended period of time with Jacoby Brissett and now going into week five of Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, first week against Houston, really, really difficult spot, just the return. Um, and his play was poor. Uh, Cincinnati the following week, that was always going to be a little more difficult. The rivalry game, the Cincinnati crowd was definitely giving it to Deshaun that day. Um, but Deshaun went out to his credit, you know, played well that day, even though the Browns did not win. Then you got to his home opener a Saturday in terrible weather against Baltimore Ravens. I think Deshaun was kind of the key of that game, his late scramble, uh, which basically set up the uh, nail on the coffin field goal. And then last week, you know, it was even worse conditions. And, you know, you're going to have to understand this. You know, these games don't happen all the time, even in places like Cleveland, Ohio. Mm -hmm. It was the third coldest game that had ever happened. So that that's not the norm. Yes, it gets cold. Obviously, there's no doubt about it. Um, the thing that only, you know, I took away from Deshaun was the inability to think about the legs. There were times where he had pass protection. He had extra time. Look, you got to understand on a playing surface like that, you know, things aren't going to open up like in, you know, September, you know, where everybody's fresh and, you know, 
grass is good and all this. So I thought he could have used his legs a little bit more better. Um, but in the same respect, though, David Njoku, he basically almost the same play he beat Tampa Bay Buccaneers with. He doesn't come up with reception. He would have either been in the end zone or down right at the goal line. Donovan Peoples-Jones, same drive, had one in the back corner. Tough ball. It's cold. It's frozen. It's wobbly. But guess what? You're wide receiver in the NFL. You got to make that play. Earlier in the game, Amari Cooper slips in the end zone. He drops another, you know, doesn't come up with a touchdown pass that should have been there. So a lot of people sour grapes about a lot of things. Um, but you factor those things in, you know, and you realize the type of player you have with Deshaun. And, and you you think it's getting there. You truly, truly do. Um, and I think the biggest thing that, you know, maybe a lot of fans here are having an issue with is, oh, well, we threw it 31 times. You paid this man $238 million, you know. Joe Burrow completed 40 passes last week in terrible weather. Josh Allen against the Bears in terrible weather. It looked like business as usual. You are supposed to be this type of guy. We're going to go to you. You're our first option. And I think this is the thing Browns fans are maybe getting a little bit confused with. Like, they're going to phase away from being a running dominant team. You, you didn't bring Deshaun here to do that. If that was the case and you wanted to lean on the running game and do some play action, you would have just spent the four and a half on Jacoby and said, hey, you know, you do good this year. We'll keep you around for the, you know, for a while while uh so you would start to get all that phase together the defense even though there's a lot of people missing the defense have, has improved um and it's a lot better effort i think they're going a lot more simplistic and probably doing that the top four linebackers on the cleveland browns are on ir they're not coming back any one of them so you're not going to go crazy with guys here reggie Ragland played last week had been in town for a hot minute was the browns best graded player according to pff in that game and you know it's not like they put in the full defense you know, basically said it's late in the year. It's terrible weather. It's going to be a lot of running. Hey, man, you've been a middle linebacker your whole life. Read and react. Um, but it was important for these Browns for the last two weeks. It's truly important these last two weeks. You know, you're going to face, obviously, you guys at 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one on Sunday with at stuff on the line. You know, in the following week, even though it's going to be Brown, uh, Browns and Pittsburgh most likely battling out who finishes third or fourth in the AFC North, it's still the Pittsburgh Steelers. These games yeah. matter. You need to win these games. Uh, a, you need to do it to tell your fan base that you're trending in the directions we all think, and then maybe you get a four and two start with Deshaun Watson. But also, you know, we're getting to the point now where you know guys who are at the end of their contracts are watching the other games, and you know, hey, Cleveland ain't a bad fit with Deshaun Watson. Now, oh wow, they need a player like you're, you know, you're oh. supposed to defensive tackle. Wow, I can see myself there. Man, imagine the looks I'm going to get playing with Miles Garrett. So they got to close strong here because. They don't close strong. It's just going to bring more questions than answers. And basically right now, the Browns' answer is it's Kevin Stefanski, it's Deshaun Watson in 2023. Everybody's got a clean slate. But you want it to look like that's the way it should be, not the way that it's going to be because we said so. Right. No, absolutely. 100% makes sense. Uh, and, of course, on the other side of this thing, the Washington Commanders, the big story going on is with the quarterback position uh, as well, the, the most important position on the field. So it makes sense that we want to talk about that. But – Really, you've got a tale of two teams with two quarterbacks that really have uh, a lot to prove, and and not for nothing. But Carson Wentz, uh, he's about to start his his uh, his seventh game of the season, so he's not that far ahead uh, of of Deshaun Watson in that category, at least this season, dealing with an injury in the middle part of the year. And that's the big news coming out of Washington earlier this week is that he has been reinstalled as a starting quarterback. Taylor Heineke benched against the San Francisco 49ers is going to stay there, and I'll tell you. That was a rough locker room. Like I've, you know, I've been in some some sad locker rooms after losses and and late, you know, game defeats and, and meltdowns and all that stuff. I remember the Tennessee Titans uh, game where Carson Wentz threw an interception towards the end of the game that was at the goal line could have been a game winning touchdown, ended up being a game ending interception. That was a tough locker room. Wednesday was a tough locker room, and Taylor, a uh, guy that everybody in the locker room loves, the media guys like talking to him. He's a great dude. 
just one of the one of the people you root for. So it's tough to see him kind of dealing with that. But he's putting on the brave face, and he's going to be the best backup he can. And he's backing up a quarterback that had 300-yard passing games in half of his starts before he got injured. Also had touchdown throws in four of those six starts, but was also sacked three or more times in four of those six starts and threw an interception in four of those six starts. So very up and down experience with Carson Wentz. So the question is, and, and you asked me a little bit before we start recording, what are the Washington commanders going to get with Carson Wentz back in charge of this offense? You saw 123 yards passing at the San Francisco 49ers coming in relief in the second half there for Taylor Heineke, and that's all well and good. But is that going to be the consistency? There was also a dropped interception that the 49ers defense had their hands on and couldn't come up with. So that's problematic. But you expect kind of a little bit of that rust, right? So the answer to everybody, because I'm, I'm sure Browns fans are kind of wondering, what is this really going to mean? Is honestly, we don't know. Because the last time we saw Carson Wentz, uh, the offensive line was different in, 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 in construction. Uh, Jahan Dotson was just getting going. Now he's kind of got a little bit more veteran legs. I mean, everybody still calls him a rookie, right? But this late into the season, is he really still a rookie? I feel like he's got kind of the groove of the NFL game down uh, and, and and the way that he wants to prepare for the game. And I talked to him about that. He agrees. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. wasn't even on the field uh, the last time or, or wasn't getting, wasn't fully up to speed on the field is how I'll put that. Um, he was on the field, but not fully where we've seen him lately. So the running game was, was kind of banged up. But at the same time, Antonio Gibson didn't practice on Wednesday. He's got a foot slash knee sprain. Like we don't know exactly where the sprain is. It's somewhere in the foot slash knee area. Um, so whether or not he even plays is, is kind of a question that Brian Robinson is dealing with a quad injury. So, I mean, as much as things kind of change, things also kind of stay the same. And, oh, by the way, we've seen a lot more motion, a lot more pre-snap movement in this offense with Taylor Heineke than we have with Carson Wentz. So we don't even know how much of that's going to bleed over. So I can give you kind of the pre-injury stats and say, you know, this is a guy that 50-50 chance he puts up 300 yards, probably about an 80% chance he throws a touchdown, 80% chance he throws an interception, probably about an 80% chance he takes a couple of sacks. But I'm basing that off of an offense that we haven't seen in about five weeks. Seems like a weird transition, and I can only imagine, because I remember Taylor Heineke when we all saw it, obviously, live on television, when he got the news that basically, you know, he'd gotten his first NFL gig. Um, and, of course, you know, you know, the guys who always do the extra are always the most loved in a locker room. So I understand the difficulties there. Um, but in the same respect, Ron Rivera's got to look himself in the mirror and, you know, I have an opportunity to playoff game here. And basically, this is the playoffs now. Who am I going with? Am I going with Carson Wentz? Or am I going with Taylor Heineke? Um, you know, so it's a good situation, I think, for Washington to be in. Um, you know, granted, awkward. But, you know, not a lot mm -hmm. of people can say, hey, here's a guy who's, you know, basically going to win an MVP. And, you know, I've got him to maybe get me through these last two humps, hurdles. And you'll find, get us to the Holy Grail, which is, you know, getting a ticket. You're know, just punching that ticket. And the interesting thing is, and where this could provide a potential uh, advantage, I think it's earlier in the game, it provides an advantage as they go. I think the advantage starts to dwindle pretty rapidly. But we don't know what this offense is going to look like yet, which means Cleveland Browns don't know what this offense is going to look like yet. And, of course, Chase Young might also be on the field. He was out of practice on Wednesday with an illness, not knee-related, not COVID-related, so he should be fine. And the commanders do expect him to be available uh, this weekend. Play pretty good in his first weekend of action. We'll talk more about Chase and we'll talk about the matchups that are going to determine this game between the commanders and Browns. But first, this episode, this crossover episode of the Locked On Browns, Locked On Commanders podcast brought to you by Audible, who is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find an episode from the league available as a bonus episode on the Locked On NFL podcast 
feed narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks. The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. Head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of The League, and make sure you catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts available now. Audible, get in the game. All right, Jeff, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to dive into the matchups that are going to make or break the Cleveland Browns' chances of winning, the Washington Commanders' chances of winning, and we appreciate all of our Browns and Commanders fans, listeners, NFL listeners, and fans for checking us out today. Also, make sure you're checking out Locked On Sports today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your <laughs> podcasts. Jeff, so Carson Wentz, maybe uh, a familiar offense. I don't think it completely reverts back to what you saw in the first uh, six weeks of the season, but I don't think it completely sticks with what we've seen with Taylor Heineke either. Um, so that's going to be an interesting matchup. Chase Young is a new wrinkle to this defense that nobody has seen this season. And and it's, it's been a pretty good defense on top of that. Uh, James Smith-Williams doing his, his thing there. So where do you see the Browns trying to exploit this matchup, whether it be offense or defensive or maybe even special teams? I don't know. Maybe they've got a Devin Hester over there that we haven't heard about yet. Here's the funniest thing, actually, just real quick on Carson Wentz, is the Browns saw him in 2020 as the Eagles quarterback. So, you know, if you want to talk about how, you know, the – NFL life can change for any player uh, on a drop of a dime. You know, Carson Wentz at the time, Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts, that game only had one carry in Indianapolis in 2021, in Washington in 2022, uh, you know, the NFL. It, you know, this is why you're all here every single day to listen to us talk about it because yeah. it is an ever, ever changing world. Um, but for me, this one's kind of obvious. And we've gotten into it a little bit here on Lockdown Browns as we've, you know, begun turning the page towards, you know, Washington prep. It's the defensive line. I mean, because the, the the biggest issue with the Cleveland Browns in 2022 has been lack of a full room at defensive line. And this is combining decent defensive tackles with solid defensive ends. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett, you know, for them had been the defensive end, this, you know, for the last couple of years. J.D. McClowney at last year at eight and a half million looked like a bargain. This year at 14 million, eh, little buyer beware there. They have nothing at the defensive yeah. tackle. I look at what you guys are doing. I think it's 15 combined sacks between your defensive tackles. First off, that is a staggering number on the interior. Then, you know, Montez Sweat was a guy that we loved years ago during his draft cycle. That was the year Odell, the move was made, so therefore the Browns didn't have a first-round pick. Um, But I look at that, and now you think about Chase Young is maybe maybe the fourth, maybe the fifth best player currently. (laughs) Obviously, we all hope for the health and Chase Young to come back. But imagine saying that a player like Chase Young and his ilk is maybe your fourth or fifth fifth defensive lineman. And this is where it's going to be for the Browns because Browns fans aren't realizing this, but slowly before them, this team is transitioning from a team that I'm not going to say is run dominant, but was run preferable for way this offensive line worked for Nick Chubb, for Kareem Hunt. Now you flash forward and here, this team is transitioning to the Deshaun Watson being the man of this offense. It's going to phase out other running backs and Kareem Hunt and his talents, Kareem Hunt, been a fantastic player, great soldier. All this time he's been here, he's been a quality, quality player. The, yeah. the, the juice is kind of gone for Kareem Hunt. And look, this is a guy who came in the league four, six at best. And once you start to lose a little bit of it, it, it puts you in a tough spot. Um, Nick has already carried the ball more than they want. So, you know, even though Nick's going to play these last 
last two games, and that is the way Nick is. Even if the Browns said, hey, we'll just sit you, Nick will not let that moniker be put on him. So his usage, my guess, would be 15 carries or less. So you're going to see some other running backs. But this is a test now for the offensive line transitioning because you're going to go into this game, and I'd be stunned if the Browns don't find a way to throw the ball 40 times, even if the game dictates otherwise, and they're up big. They're still going to let Deshaun get this work. But this offensive line now is transitioning to maybe a pass-blocking offense first as opposed to a run-blocking offense, which they excelled at. They're all great players. Jack Conklin has been re-signed. It's going to be a transition for them, but this is something you need to start to work on because this is probably going to be the norm. Most of the Browns running plays, and I don't say most, but most will be hopefully with them in a winning situation where they're running the ball to end the game, not living on it. They want to live on the passing game. This is why you made all these moves that they did. But this is a great, great matchup here between Sweat, Allen on the inside, obviously Duran Payne, and you know, just you know, for the commanders, listeners here, if he gets it, if there's no way. If, the, if there's any way they leave a door open, I am telling you right now, the Cleveland Browns are going to hand Deron Payne a blank check. So that's just something to watch for. David and I are both in the same thought process here. At worst, we both think Deron Payne will just get a franchise tag and they'll try to work it out later. Yeah. But if there's any any daylight there, I am telling you right now, the Browns are going to come in with a ton of money. But I want to see how that works. And for Deshaun, this might be the best group he's seen to this point. Um, as far as you know, being able to pass from up the middle. And that's maybe where, you know, when I talked about Deshaun, understanding you don't have to be Lamar Jackson, but you mm-hmm. have to understand that if you're to your third, fourth read, your legs might be the better option than the third, fourth read. And with the interior pressure coming, it opens up for some outside, obviously. And then something the Browns really haven't been able to work on because he's, you know, not been here. Scramble drill. The Browns are terrible at it. These guys have no idea how to adapt. They just haven't played with him. And it gives these opportunities. Um, but I think that is for by far, no question for the Browns. This is a solid, solid defensive line. I love Forrest on the back end. He was somebody nobody wanted to listen to me talk about on day three, but I knew the guy was going to be a player. Um, but this, the, the Browns offensive line, because this is good on good. So, yeah. when you, you know, when you, you love matchups that are good on good, because I think there's going to be some winning both ways. And it could be the key difference between, you know, maybe the Browns pass pass blocking all the pass blocking had a better drive in the third quarter late, and the Browns get a mm-hmm. touchdown. You know, so it's a great matchup because you know you're going to have two you know two sides of the ball here, two individual positional groups that are going to go toe to toe for like twelve rounds, and it's going to be a really really solid yeah. matchup. And it's, and it's a really interesting one because I think it kind of plays into what the Commanders really kind of want to do. They want to let Deron Payne. They want to let Jonathan Allen Montes, what James Smith Williams or whoever John Ridgeway has been has been playing a key role as well. Chase Young for the snaps that he's going to get. I mean, he was supposed to be on a pitch count last week, and granted, he didn't play all the snaps, but he played a lot more than most people expected him to, and he looked pretty good. I think he had like an eighty nine overall grade on PFF for his first game of the season. That's not that's not bad at all. Um, on the flip side, though, I think the trenches is another spot where the Commanders are going to look to win, and they're going to look to win using their running game. Now, again, Brian Robinson's dealing with a quad injury. He was a full participant in practice. On Wednesday, so probably going to be fine. He's had that injury for a couple weeks now. Antonio Gibson, his foot injury only seems to be getting worse, and now you've got a sprain in the foot slash knee area. But Jonathan Williams is a serviceable back, not as dynamic as a guy like Antonio Gibson, not as much of a threat in the passing game or on the edge uh, by any means, but still a a familiar uh, type of guy that could definitely do some damage. Um, The Browns, you know, look, they've allowed three and a half yards per carry in 13 of the 15 games. 
this season, and the Washington Commanders would love to get that three and a half yards. If you can get into third and third and threes, third and four is, is kind of the limit. Third and two, uh, third and one obviously is more advantageous. But if you can get some of those situations, then maybe you get into a, the occasional second and two, second and three, and maybe that's where you hit play action and let Carson take a shot. I know that one of the reasons Ron Rivera put Carson Wentz in is not just because of the spark he's trying to add here at the end of the season, but also the ability to hit the vertical routes and push the ball down the field better than what Taylor Heineke can do, just being physically limited uh, by his arm. So if they can get to those second and three, second and four situations uh, against this Browns defense, then they'll absolutely want to take advantage of doing that. So I think the trenches is absolutely going to be where this game is won or lost by both teams. But coming up here, we're going to talk about which team we think is going to win. We're make some predictions. If you guys know which line is going to be dominant, who's going to win the trenches, who's going to win this game, you can put your money where your mouth is and um, hopefully – for your sake, earn some money putting your money where your mouth is at Bet Online because Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which you probably do because you're listening to this right now, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Just make sure you're not an NFL employee. When you're doing it, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And on this crossover Thursday, we've also got a message from our friends at NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? It's amazing how many people don't actually know that, but that's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state. Even if your state has legalized marijuana for recreational use, it is still legal to drive while high. That means if you do it, you can get a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're absolutely wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what would make you think that a law enforcement officer doesn't know that you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you preserve, per, per, perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember. Drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. All right, Jeff, prediction time here. Washington Commanders hosting the Cleveland Browns in FedEx Field. Commanders favored by one. So about as much of a toss-up as you can get from our friends over at Bet Bet.Online. Uh, what do you see happening in this, this competition here? First things first, I was just curious if during that bet online ad, we were taking a jab at Miles Austin, former Monmouth University wide receiver, like myself. I mean, um, well, <laughs> hopefully you never get suspended from the NFL for your recreational activities. I'm just saying, if you, wanna, you know, if you want to bet on the NFL, you can't work in the NFL. That's all. You know? And the most ironic thing about that, one of my first Actually, media assignments ever was actually covering Miles Austin's jersey being okay. retired at Monmouth University. So the irony all drips all the way around. And I here. guess he didn't actually bet on the NFL, but you can't bet on, you know, you can't bet on So the NFL look, has look, the rules. You understand the rules as an employee, so you got to Look, it's a, it's a very simple, it's a very simple read, and you sign it, and you know what is on that and what is not on that. Um, Just can't do it. Yeah. Um, But for everybody else, bet online's got you hooked up. Uh, David, for me, th th this is where it's key for me because it are they going to go into this game with the understanding that their season, by all means, is over? But are they going to go in there and play the way they're capable of playing? Look, Washington still has something to play for. There's going to be hunger and desire on that side of the football. 
The Browns, yes, it's playing out the string. But look, most of these people who are going to be part of this game for the Browns, most of these key players are all part of what is the present slash future. So, you know, you need to do this for everybody else. You need to do this, you know, for Costa. Everybody needs to say, look, we got to block out the noise. We got to understand that this doesn't, is not, wasn't our year. And maybe it was never going to be our year, even though we did have some, you know, bright flashing moments. But we still got to finish strong. And we have to finish strong for the sake of, you know, looking each other in the eye and hopefully having attractive players who are looking for a new home deem that the Browns are worthy of that. Um, it, I, I do think one thing that neither of us got to matchup wise that I, I, I think is going to be a really good one to watch is going to be the Browns three cornerbacks against the Redskins. I, dang, I almost made it without it. The commanders top three wide receivers, you know, Martin Emerson, yeah, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, uh, between Samuel, uh, between Terry McLaurin and obviously, you know, Jahan Dotson. And there's a lot of Ohio state feel here. So I know a lot of Browns fans are eager to see this game from the fact that there is a lot of Columbus represented down in DC. Um, but I, I think the Browns are capable of winning this game. And I do think it's going to be key to the paramount to the fact that for the Browns, this is going to be, it's going to be knocking on the door of 60 degrees, I guess, whatever. But even if it's 53, we're talking about the Browns going into this plane, almost at a 70 degree difference from what their last game was. So, I mean, you know, t-shirt, you know, t-shirts, no sleeves, no nothing, go out there, play ball, have fun. And let's see if this is trending the way we think it is with Deshaun. Watson and everybody kind of getting on board. Yes, Washington has a good roster. Washington can do a little bit of everything. This is what makes them such a tough team right now. Maybe not as talented as some other teams, and that's fine. But when you can do a little bit of everything, you know, there's a good chance that you win five out of six matchups on a given Sunday that puts you in the driver's seat to win. Uh, I I think the Browns, I am not ready to say they are going to quit. They're not going to roll over and die. I, I just don't see that in them. So if that is the case of what I'm going to see on Sunday, I think the Browns can pull this off because I do think that you know they are somewhat familiar with Carson Wentz. With Carson Wentz, you worry about him coming into this because now it's like all the pressure is now put on Carson Wentz in one week. Like it's back, and if we don't win this game and we don't possibly make the playoffs, it's because of you. So, I mean, yeah. that's a really, really tough spot to be in. But granted, Carson Wentz, the player he was, the money he's made in this league, that's fine. You should be put in that position. You're worthy of being put in that position. So it's a really, really you know tough spot you know for he to be put into. But I think if the Browns play to their ultimate capabilities, I think they are a slightly better team than the Washington Commanders. Yeah, um, I'll tell you. I think you know. I think we we talked matchups, and yeah, I mean those receivers against those DBs are, are going to be an amazing matchup to watch. I think. Even on the other side, like Amari Cooper, you know, depending on Benjamin St. Juice and his health and his his ability and Cam Curl, the safety, he says uh, he should be fine. But, you know, if, if that doesn't come to fruition, you know, San Francisco took advantage of that and, and Cleveland certainly could uh, as well. But I do. I think it's going to be one or loss in the trenches. And I am a little bit concerned about the commander's offensive line. They haven't been most consistent group and they haven't been able to stop a whole lot of uh, pass rushers. And, and, you know, look, multiple sacks you know, in a game is not something that's unusual for the commanders right now. And that's unfortunate, but that's going to play a role. And you talk about pressure and Carson Wentz played the Philadelphia Eagles for the first time wearing burgundy and gold. It certainly looked like the pressure got to him. Certainly looked at the moment was a little bit too big for him. Now he never got to go to Philly to play that could actually come to fruition. JP Finley of NBC sports Washington actually pointed out that the way it looks like it's kind of unfolding. The commanders could potentially play Minnesota in the wild card round. If they secure a playoff spot, if they beat Minnesota, they would potentially actually go to Philly 
for the divisional round. So Carson Wentz, assuming he's healthy, would lead the commanders into Philadelphia. There's uh, a storyline for you. Game. And that would be his first game in Philly because, remember, he was hurt when they beat them uh, you know, on Monday night in Philadelphia earlier. So that, so his first game back in Philly as an opposing quarterback would be a divisional round playoff game. What an amazing storyline that would be. I do think there's something about Carson Wentz coming into this with a new role he's never come into. He's been the replaced starter. He's never replaced the starter, and that's what he's doing right now. So I feel like that's a little bit of a difference. I feel like he's better equipped to handle the pressure right now. I feel like there's a little bit more of a feel of almost relief than there is desire to perform, uh, if that makes sense. They're favored by one. The big issue with Taylor Heineke throughout has been getting this Washington offense over 20 points. I think this is the key to unlocking that as far as the quarterback is concerned. So I got Washington 24. This defense has shown they can keep teams at 20 points or less. I've got Cleveland 20. So Commanders 24, Browns 20. Uh, cover the spread, get the win, and end up with, a, uh, I think, a 50% chance of making the playoffs before they get any help from anybody else. Potentially could clinch if Detroit, Seattle, and Green Bay all lose as well, but at least a 50% or better chance of making the playoffs if they win. It's it's going to make for a good game. Uh, you know, and that's the part that's a little bit frustrating from, you know, the feedback I'm getting from Browns fans. You know, yeah, I mean, maybe we got our hopes up a little bit too high. Um, and I don't think anybody saw the defensive collapse coming the way it did early in the season. That basically led to there wasn't, you know, only a slight puncher's chance when Deshaun got back here. Um, but I think the most thing, and for everybody, is what we're excited about seeing this week is um, a game in non-frigid temperatures because that's pretty much what we saw from yeah. the last weekend here. So just to be able to see guys go out there, you know, let it rip. Um, and, you know, just like, and like I said earlier, there's going to be a lot here involved. I mean, you got two whole Ohio State wide receivers on your side. We got an Ohio State cornerback on our side. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of you know ties within this game, which I think you know is going to give the ammunition for a good game within itself. However, the chips may fall. We'll find out about four o'clock on Sunday. Hopefully, a lot of Buckeyes winning. Probably just all of it happening outside the state of Ohio this weekend. Um, <laughs> but you know what? We'll be back to wrap up the week. The previews of, of the game um, coming up. I don't know if, if Jeff, if you're doing any Ohio State Georgia type of stuff for those. For those Buckeye fans that are out there that are also Browns fans. But either way, guys, make sure you come back to Locked On Browns. Come back to Locked On Commanders for a final episode of the week before we get to game day. In the meantime, we thank you again for making both shows your first listen or review of the day. Again, for your second, please check out Locked On Sports today. Go behind the biggest storylines behind the scoreboards with Locked On experts. Only the only way that Locked On can provide. That always messes me up. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm David Harrison. He's Jeff Lloyd. We're covering your commanders and your Browns for the Locked On Network. And we're not here. Find us on Twitter at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd and at D Harrison 82. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Enjoy the game this weekend. If you see us around, make sure you say hello. And thank you for joining us right here on this crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.